views, ideas, and opinions of all of us here at Lucia at Night and our guests are their own. And you should always seek additional professional opinion and advice pertaining to any of the topics discussed here on Lucia at Night. Welcome to Lucia Night, and we are so excited to welcome Dr. Anna Kress back to talk about communication styles in relationships, specifically with your primary partner, but really how you communicate in any of your relationships. If you were with us last week, we talked about the different communication styles in detail and how to spot it, but we wanted to welcome Dr. Anna Kress back to talk about once you've identified your style, how do you change it, right? And how do you work with your partner to help change the dynamic and work with their communication style? Um, if you missed episode one, make sure to click on it. Uh, it is linked in this episode so that you can get up to date and caught up on episode one. Um, but we will be right back to welcome Dr. Anna Kress back to the show. We'll be right back on the Chia at Night. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless, and with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data, coast-to-coast -coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico, plus text and data in over 210 countries worldwide, all with the best phones or bring your own. That's pretty awesome. Get the best user experience on mobile at PulseCellular.com. Close the door on your day and light up your night. You're listening to Lucia at Night. Dr. Chris, welcome back um, again. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me again. So happy to be here. So much valuable information that you've given us to date. One of the things that we always like to talk about are pathways to different, right? Because we've mm -hmm. identified someplace that we don't want to be. How can we get to where we want to be, right? So strategies and techniques, obviously one of those um, key ways. And of course, always, always, as our disclaimer says, consult your own mental health um, therapist because needs do differ, right? client to client. But when we're talking about strategies and techniques for changing some of these styles, can you help us? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the first step is really recognizing what our style is. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, with the ones we talked about before, you know, we're an assertive, passive, aggressive, and then passive aggressive. And so recognizing your style is really important. And then, you know, if, if you tend to be more on the passive side, you know, learning how to be more direct is really the key to the work. And sometimes you have to really get yourself excited about it and sort of give yourself a pep talk before you can do it. You know, these are not things that we can always do like on the spot. Sometimes that takes some practice and some preparation. And also just like with a passive style, working on boundaries. And again, that can take a lot of sort of preparation, maybe working on a, an assertiveness script that you would use for a situation. Mm. So that would be for more the passive styles. Um, and we could talk about specific techniques, but um, for an aggressive style, it's more about learning how to pause and how to you know, reduce our stress response in the moment and work on our listening skills you know, so that we don't discount someone's experience or you know, criticize or start debating. Mm. So really it's about 
pausing, regulating our own physical experience with deep breathing, and then hopefully doing our best to choose a response. I mean, even with a passive style, you know, it is stressful to not be able to express yourself or to have to, um, to assert yourself. So again, with that, it's also important to learn to regulate your emotions and that could be through deep breathing and then preparation. You know, there are different uh, techniques for becoming more assertive. The first thing I would say is just noticing what situations, you know, taking an inventory, noticing which situations really um, do you struggle with. Maybe it's a certain type of person, or maybe it is just one person, or maybe it's a certain type of situation. And really looking at that. And what are you afraid of would happen if you were assertive in that situation? You know, really challenging yourself because the reality is, like, let's say you are with a friend who is actually like a supportive friend or partner, you know, expressing your needs assertively in that situation can be very safe, mm. right? And so really challenging yourself to think about, like, when is this happening? And mm-hmm. so it sounds like taking a chance, right? Um, to do something new and it's going to feel uncomfortable. I always say that yes. <laughs> growth is uncomfortable when you're in the gym and you're building new muscle. It's not fun. It's not comfortable, right? This is going to feel uncomfortable when you're working towards better sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to like lean into that as much as you can is a part of the process because it's not comfortable, but you're going to get so much out of it, you know, long-term and so really leaning into that, I think, is, is important. And, you know, you can start also just by working on your body language. Like I mentioned last time, you know, an assertive body language is like an open posture, you know, um, standing up straight or sitting up straight, very calm and firm tone of voice, good eye contact. Those things can feel really uncomfortable if you're used to like a passive style, mm-hmm. for example, or even an aggressive style to kind of like step back that can feel really awkward at first. So practicing that in situations like your tone of voice can be really helpful, you know, just, just as a way to sort of dip your toe in, like how can I embody that before I even enter the situation? Um, and, you know, there are strategies that you can use for assertiveness, like, you know, as simple as like asking for time. You know, if someone asks something of you and you typically, let's say you, you say yes immediately, um, you might say, you know, I need to think about that, or I'll get back to you in a few days. Or, um, you know, let's say you have more of an avoidance style and your partner's kind of, you know, if you feel like they're being a little critical or they're kind of asking for things and you're not really ready to process what they're saying, you know, you can say something like, you've told me a lot and I need time to process it to think, to see what I think. You know, can we talk about it in an hour? You know, you can ask for time. That can be a, a strategy. They never come back, right? And then you're re-asking them, right? Like they sort of use that as a as an out, and then it never really loops back to it. Yeah, I mean that would be an uh, that would be an avoidance strategy for sure, rather than an assertive strategy. And I think you know if the person is um, actively working on becoming more assertive, they might be tempted to do that to do that, but if they're actively trying to be more assertive, then, you know, that would be something that they would be accountable for is coming back. But if you're on the receiving end of it, for sure, it can be used as an avoidance strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But as for like an assertiveness technique, you know, that, that can really 
um, give you some time to reduce your stress response. So let's say you are avoidant and you are using that strategy to, to take that time to leave the situation, reduce your stress response, remind yourself that you're safe in this relationship and that it's okay to ask for what you need or to express yourself. Um, and do that, you know, maybe to the comfort level that you can. Maybe it's not like divulging everything that you're feeling and thinking in the moment, but at least making some effort to be a little bit more open and vulnerable with that person, if they're a safe person. And so I think it's a good strategy if you are willing to work on assertiveness, right? Not to use it as avoidance, um, to further the avoidance, but, um, you know, and, and there are other strategies you can use too, you, you know, using I statements. That's a pretty quick way to sort of change um, the script, you know, rather than saying like, you have no respect for me by leaving a mess everywhere. You can say something like, you know, I feel devalued when you leave things lying around. Or rather than saying like, um, you make me angry when you keep making plans without consulting me. You can say something like, I feel angry when you don't ask me how I feel about a plan or ask me um, if I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. So again, like making those I statements can be really important. And remembering that, you know, if you're making a request with an I statement, um, you know, you're not demanding something. But you, you're saying, you know, I would appreciate it if you did this. Or I want us to go to X, Y, Z, you know. And to, if you're making an I statement that, revolves, uh, that um, involves a request, you know, you don't have to be apologetic about it. You know, you could be kind of as matter of fact as possible. And they, say, they then say thank you. And, you know, you could even make it positive. You could say, like, if you make me dinner, I'll go, you know, I'll do the dishes afterwards. So you can even, like include a, a consequence like a positive consequence or if you brush your teeth fast you know with kids or right now i'll have time to read a bedtime story so you know there are ways to phrase these things and i think you know on the spot if you haven't practiced assertiveness skills it can be very difficult to do it um if you've never you know done it so i think making a script if you're working with a therapist, you know, you can do that or on your own or using some kind of workbook or something, um, you know, like a script where you say, I think this, you know, and I feel this and I want this, you know, like, for example, um, I think we haven't spent much time together lately and I feel hurt or rejected or whatever, sad, lonely. Um, can we go out this Friday? Can we talk about the interaction between... Mm -hmm styles too. So that is a very assertive slash right secure. Mm -hmm. I, I hear secure attacher there, right? Asking for what. So let's say you've changed your style to that and then you are starting to pick up on your partner's style and your partner's response to that is something like, well, you know, I work all the time. I haven't had time, right? Yeah. So more of the aggressive response is how I would house that. I don't know. Is that how you would house that? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you work with that, right? So if you have this secure, we've established this is secure assertive style for ourselves and not to prematurely cut you off from strategies, but how would you, once you've established it, work with the other styles? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to safety. So even if someone has more of an aggressive style or like, you know, more avoidant or passive, it really does come down to safety 
in the relationship and distressed partners who are, you know, feeling like their emotional needs aren't being met in the moment, like their need to be seen or heard or felt. Like the example you gave, that person might feel criticized, right? Based on their past experiences, they might be, feel criticized like, oh, so you think I don't spend enough time with you, but I'm working so hard for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, in that moment, you know, a distressed partner who feels like their emotional needs aren't being met they might show their distress in very different ways. But at the end of the day, they're both saying, you know, do you have my back? Do I matter to you? Can I count on you? They are both saying it in very, very different ways. And often what that looks like is like a dance that partners will do where they get into a pattern. For example, they might get into a pattern and there are different names for these kind of patterns, but, um, you know, a pursuer and a distancer or one partner is maybe being more critical or like that a little bit more aggressive maybe, or, you know, maybe they're trying to be assertive and someone interprets it as aggressive. And so the other person pulls away more. And so one partner could be shutting down while the other person is trying to get a response. And if they're not getting a response, they might actually up the ante and become more aggressive yes. um, as a response, you know, as a way to try to get a response. Mm-hmm. And so when we do get into those patterns, it's so important to actually point out the pattern, right? And in couples therapy, you know, I, I'm not a couples therapist, so I work individually with people, but when I'm working individually, you know, I often recommend the book, um, Hold Me Tight. Um, Seven Conversations for a Lifetime of Love uh, by Dr. Sue Johnson. You know, she does like emotionally focused couples therapy. And, you know, if you're doing couples therapy, you would work on that, those kind of skills, you know, to see the pattern that you and your partner have. But, you know, when I work with someone individually, we can also kind of, at least I can provide psychoeducation about that. Like what, what is the pattern that you have? Is it sort of this demand and withdrawal pattern with your partner? Is it maybe like one of the other ones that um, Dr. Sue Johnson talks about is find the bad guy. Is it to sort of cast blame or have you both kind of shut down? And is it like, uh, you know, she calls it like flee and freeze, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, these, these kind of uh, patterns that, you know, you're sort of shutting down, detaching, grieving the relationship because you haven't gotten a response. And maybe the other person is just kind of throwing themselves into work or throwing themselves into an activity, being very logical. And you've kind of both shut down. So naming the pattern that's going on is a really important step to getting back to safety so that you can actually work on your, uh, you know, both of you having a more assertive communication style you know and sometimes you can you can name it like a a funny kind of name you know let's you know i'm I'm to give a client for example who when her partner would have a lot of you know a big deadline at work and would be extra busy Um, and what they noticed in their couples therapy and and in our work as well is that she would feel abandoned by that and so she would actually create sort of um, more conflict in the relationship in order to kind of reassure herself that they did have a strong bond and that he wasn't abandoning her. And so, you know, because he was so open to working on these issues in couples therapy, they were able to sort of name that the uh, deadline dance. Makes total sense, right? If there's two different communication styles that are not in the assertive, but mm-hmm. if you're assertive and you want, and you can stay in assertive, right? 
and you have someone that is passive or passive aggressive or aggressive, and you've learned to not amp yourself up, you're just going to mm-hmm. be assertive, but they're not moving. Is there really not much you can do there? Or is there something you can do? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, when someone isn't getting the message, let's say it's like not even a partner. Let's say it's someone that you are, you know, you have to have an, uh, yes. some kind of relationship with in work or something like that. Um, you can use what's called the broken record technique, which is that you come up with some sort of a short, easy statement um, about what you want and just keep repeating it in a matter of fact way. And, you know, you're saying it politely and you're saying it clearly, but you're not like trying to rationalize it. You're not trying to like give evidence for why your position is correct. You're just kind of like saying it matter of factly, like, and just repeating it. Like, I hear what you're saying and this is what I need, you know? And so you can use a broken record technique, but I think, you know, when it comes to like intimate relationships, it's so much more complicated because when it comes to like the research on intimate relationships and like uh, marriages specifically, that it's not necessarily the level of conflict that predicts whether a marriage will last, let's say past five years but the lack of emotional responsiveness. So really creating safety in relationships is the key. Um, And there are actually like, you know, secure attachment skills that you can learn and use, especially if both partners are on board, that will actually help the communication become much more agreeable in an assertive, not in a passive way. And so if you're using those secure attachment skills, that's really going to help. And it can help across the board. Like I've seen it help with parent-child relationships, in, um, you know, parent-teacher relationships, in um, couples, in, you know, different situations. If you learn how to help someone else feel safe, not in a passive way, but truly feeling safe, it's going to disarm them and they will feel more comfortable. Now, of course, if they have like so many, um, let's say they are avoidant in that example that you gave, it's going to take more time. It's going to take more work for them to feel comfortable, but it can really help the relationship. And it's amazing. I think when you start actually using these skills, how effective they can be. So there's hope, you know, (laughs) I think that that is, we could talk about this for hours. There's, um, but this is a great foundational start if you are having problems with communication and you want to both help identify your pattern, your partner's pattern, whoever that partner is in the situation. And Dr. Kress, obviously couples counseling or individual counseling, I know is a way to go to help. Your strategies were exceptional. And I love that book, right? Dr. Sue Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone's listening and looking for additional resources, but anything else you recommend resource-wise? Resource-wise, I would say that um, The Power of Attachment um, by Diane Poole Heller is an excellent book on attachment. And again, that will teach you how to create safety because at the end of the day, it's not about like especially when it comes to like romantic relationships, it's not about the, um, you know, the facts of any kind of conflict, but it's about the safety in the relationship and about getting emotional needs met. And so I think if you can do that, the assertiveness comes much, much, much more easily. The assertiveness skills um, when you have like that safety and when you feel safe and then the person you're with feels safe. 
I do. So that's a great book. That it is. Uh, if someone does have a assertive communication style and someone doesn't in the relationship, it does put more pressure on you as the person mm-hmm. and responsibility, right? And that can feel tiring sometimes. Yes. So self care for yourself when you've really taken on something that. Um, I mean, uh, your partner needs to change, right? And do the work as well. But you do have some responsibility, right? Um, In that interaction. So it can feel, in my experience, it can feel tiring, right? To try to stay in assertive when someone, it's almost like walking on a balance beam and someone's trying to push you off. And you're like, nope, I'm staying on my beam. I'm staying on my beam. I'm staying on my beam. Yeah. And I think like, like you're so right. It, it takes a lot of self-care in those kind of situations because we can't change anyone. We can't heal anyone. We can't, you know, um, take on the responsibility of their behavior. Um, you know, they have to be accountable for that. Um, the only thing we can work on is, you know, our part in the relationship pattern. Um, and often when we change our part, there is some, you know, something does often change as a result of that and increasing the safety in relationship, we can work on that, but it can be so exhausting if the other person isn't willing to do any work. I mean, I think that's an issue where, you know, you have to definitely get support and self-care and also, you know, considering like what's healthy for you in that situation. Is it to stay in that situation? Is it to seek couples therapy? Is it to, um, like you, you shouldn't be doing all the work for sure in relationships. That's for sure. Absolutely. Dr. Anna Kress, if um, our listeners and viewers want to find you, where can we find you? Uh, you can go on my website. That's drannacress.com. That's D-R-A-N-N-A-K-R-E-S-S.com. Or I'm on Instagram at Dr. Anna Kress. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. We'll be right back on Lucia at Night. Hey, it's Lucia, and I'm so thrilled to welcome you to my podcast, Well Seekers, bringing you simple, accessible, and real stories and solutions to find your happy and well from the mind down and to learn to form a better relationship with yourself and others. This is real. We're giving you simple, accessible advice and tools to make your mind, life, and world a whole lot more well with knowledge, inspiration, honesty, self-care, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me and the rest of the Seekerhood as we journey to a mind and life you are going to love. Welcome to Well Seekers. It's a treat and a retreat for your day. You're listening to Lucia at Night. Thanks again to Dr. Anna Kress. We're so honored to have her on. Again, if you missed episode one, um, Sarah and Krista, my co-hosts, are um, in episode one. So make sure you check that out. We're talking about our communication styles specifically. And um, if you skipped episode one, this episode may have made less sense to you as well um, as far as identifying your communication style. So hopefully you will loop back to episode one with Dr. Anna Kress. Um, and lots of good information in episode one that'll make this episode make more sense. So if you started here, hope you'll go back to one. Um, And to everyone else, we have more exciting episodes of Lucia and Night planned. We're so honored and thrilled that you choose to spend your nights with us when you do um, listen to this show. We're just honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate each and every listen, each and every one of you, everyone that's liked a post, everyone that's followed us on social media. It means so much to us. I think that 
friends or family and you are each a part of my family. So if you want to follow us on social media in between shows, you can find me on Instagram at Lucia Naz, L-U-C-I-A-N-A-Z-Z. Um, you can follow Well Seekers, our sister show at Well Seekers. And of course, Lucia at Night is on Instagram at Lucia at Night. All the links are below. Well, we hope you'll stay in touch. We hope you'll be back soon. And um, thanks for letting us close the door on your day and light up your night with you. We'll be back soon on Lucia at Night. Thanks for spending your night with us on Lucia at Night. 